Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Anyway, we're live. We're 11 <laughs> seconds in. Go, go, go. Start talking. Do something. That was everyone's week then. Sing a song. Um, everyone's. Do you want to direct that at someone specific, Edward? Just do whoever speaks first. Johnny, speak. I don't know why I'm doing this, actually. Hello, Johnny, speak. What did I actually say? How was the week been? How you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's the week been? I've uh, <clears throat> I finished my grass out of the back. My artificial turf. Gravel. That's what I've done. All week. Trained five times. Bit of a new routine. Um, it's a birthday cake. Well, that's about it, really. What did you do for your birthday? I put food last last Sunday. On the day, nothing. Just another day. I'd like to have a birthday party today because it's her birthday tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, we had kids around. And, uh, it was mental. Did you, did, you put just, on, did you put on loads of like kiddie food and stuff? Um, little bits like little bits of like snacks, chicken. Can I ask what took you so long to think of that? Because I, I didn't do the food. Were you at the party though? Huh? Were you at the party? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't eat anything of it. Yeah, but- Surely, if you're at the party, you would know if there was food or not. The table was actually in front, was behind uh, a gaggle of people. A gaggle, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't really pay attention to it, to be honest, until we had the cake. And I seen the cake. Hey, Dougie. Hey, Dougie cake. And uh, it's a children's program, basically, like the Scouts or Beavers or whatever it is. It's, it's like that, but they squirrels. Uh, okay, it's not something uh, Summer watches. Nearly said Jenna then, she might watch it, but it's not Summer watches. <laughs> Summer definitely doesn't. <laughs> no. She's like Peppa Pig, that's about all she watches. Yeah, same with Peppa Pig as well. Mm. Pepper. And then she was uh, put a slide in the badling pool and went on head first. Nice. <laughs> she liked that, laughing, dancing. And she uh, didn't break a neck like that guy. Ooh, that no. that up. Yeah, oh. guy in Spain, wasn't it, or something like that. Yeah. No. What happened? Obviously, some guy broke his neck. Well, yeah, he went down a, a head first slide, head first, and then the water pot were like, "Whoa, he's done something different." And yeah, broken neck. Head first. There's a head first slide. I didn't, obviously, well, I didn't know any the, details. They recommend you to go. Well, this is what this. This could be completely wrong, so don't quote me on this. But um, they recommend you go down head first for this slide. So he did, and something's happened, and he's broken his neck, and the family are like Ooh, what the fuck uh, and they've just gone well everybody does it and he's the only one who's broke his neck so it's his fault oh dear yeah I know right I watched a video once of a compilation of people trying to jump in pools from like stupid distances away and it's like it's just, it's just terrible I'm surprised someone didn't I'm, 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 I think one of them actually died because he just oh. slipped tumbled toss and landed Head as in crown first on his head. And he can't be alive, can't be alive. It was horrific. And again, what is going through your retarded brains to think you're going to get in that pool from there when it's wet and you're going to slip? I mean, is it just natural selection? I, I think so. Just die? I, I definitely think so. Um, I just want to add a bit of context to clarify this accident in Spain, having just looked at an article. Um, it's one of those ones where you go down like a. Uh, I can't think how you describe. Oh, it, on what, a on a mat. Yeah, on a mat. The, the up and down. It goes kind of up and down yeah. little hills on yeah, a yeah, yeah. And snake. And apparently he snapped his head forward on the way down, which I can assume it means maybe his head went in the water. So you imagine his head went forward underneath his body, and his body yeah. was over the top of it. And apparently snapped two vertebrae in his neck, Ooh. and he could possibly, possibly be paralyzed from the chest downwards which so poor bastard i feel horrendously sorry but mm. it does sound a bit like a freak accident i've yeah, been down those yeah. sort of slides literally tens of times probably hundreds and touch wood i'm all right so yeah that does like a freak accident didn't it? not that i've got any expertise in in water slides accidents or um law so 
I assure my comments count for shit for nothing. Oh, I think we're all that, uh, there was an advert. I think it was from First Choice or Thompson's paying twenty grand a year for a, a water slide tester. Really? What's so you want to do? It? Well, no, it's years, years, years ago, like maybe eight years ago or something. Hmm. So yeah, that would be interesting. Sounds like a decent job, to be fair, especially if it's including like what the travel or expenses of where you have to go. I'm guessing it must be. <laughs> you, you have to pay for all your flights, all your yeah. travel within your 20 grand a year. Yeah. <laughs> not happening. No, no, it's not happening. Uh, will you we, we, we'll do uh, ball bags when I put I'll go, Ed. Um, I don't really know, to be honest. Oh, oh. You can hear little Molly Moo at the background. I suppose that's basically been looking after Molly Moo. Um... <laughs> Did you hear that? Is that very audible? Yeah, 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 yeah really. She's not happy. Do you want to meet her live on yeah. the podcast? Get her on. Come on, this is the first time. Get her on. This is the first time. Get her on there, son. And she's brand, she's, she's brand new as well. Look at that. She's fresh well, out the packet, that is. She's two weeks old. Hello. She is a genuine 19 plate. You are a genuine 19 <laughs> plate, aren't you? She's already got more hair than you, mate. Correct. Correct. She's got a very different hairline than Summer did. More like a yeah, mother. Like Summer, I think. I, th- I can't really I tell. can't really tell. We had some professional photos done this week, like we did with Summer, and she they shared a photo that evening, and I didn't realise it was... Molly and not Summer. I thought it was an old one of Summer that she just reshared because obviously we've been there and we talked about Summer and stuff. Mm. I thought she just reshared an old photo that night, but I, re- I thought, oh, actually, no, it's Molly. It's brand new. So um, maybe that <laughs> says they look alike, but I don't think they look alike when I see her in person. Did, did you forget what 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 it was like them being that mm. small? Say again. Oh, did you obviously okay. before she was born? Did you sort of forget that they were actually that small? Yeah, I see Summer now, and I think I've got a seven year old, and I'm not joking. Like she, she like the other day. She uh, woke up at night time and had a, like, a nightmare or something. She was screaming horrendously. Because so, most of the time we ignore her and she go back to sleep. Um, great parenting, right? Uh, but it's true. You kind of let them cry and then eventually they just get bored and go to sleep. Um, this, this seemed like a very different cry. So we went and got her and she laid in our bed, just settled down. And she just immediately go to sleep because she's like obviously in a safe environment or with my mum and dad or whatever. And um, she laid on my bed and I looked down and I thought, where do I get this fucking 10-year-old from or however old she is now? Because she's looked massive. That's obviously, I suppose, I'm now kind of seeing how small Molly is compared to... Is it um, just two, would you? Yeah, it's only just two, but like she was two, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, and I just think she just seems, like, huge. But she's quite tall. We, she had a second cousin around the other day, um, little little Sabrina, and she was three in April, so there's, like, 16 months difference, and Summer's as tall as her. So I guess she maybe because she's got a tall baby, it seems like she's older than she is, but... Yeah. I think you realise how small they are when they are babies when you've got a, a fresh one come around. Yeah. Um, it's basically what I'm saying, Ed. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Because yeah. uh, it, it was the same with... Fresh, uh, fresh up the box. Yeah, the same with Lucy and Mikey. Um, but he just didn't grow for ages because he was born in April. And uh, he just did not grow for about two months. So literally he stayed the same. And then all of a sudden he's like doubled in length uh, over the last couple of weeks. It's mad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think obviously you've been looking after her. Uh, oh, oh, special announcement. I well, not special announcement. I uh, is not pregnant again, is she? Oh hell no, no, no that's <laughs> never happened again. Um, I am not so risking sure. having a th- well. I'm just not risking having a third girl, mate. No chance. <laughs> it's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, I do you want to be there. No, I don't. Now I was gonna say what I've been doing this week. So I spent the hottest day of the year on a train to Cambridge to meet Dan Mac Fitness. Friend of the, obviously the brand, friend of the company, just for a burger and a training session. Didn't even get, actually, no, we did get a beer, but it was a non alcoholic beer. Um, so that was fun, getting cancelled trains on the way back and basically sitting in the hottest train in my entire life for three hours or something. I don't know. Cambridge is an hour and nine minutes, or I think the quickest train. And uh, yeah, because of the heat and the weather, I got two terminated trains, one delayed train. And I sat there. There was a guy in front of me, right? He was sweating so bad. And I was sweating horrendously, to be fair. But he was sweating so bad that his hair would slick back when he should have had a quiff. He was, he was probably in his 40s, maybe. But he looked like he probably should have had a quiff. But it was so wet that it was slicked back like he just got out of the shower. I looked down. His T-shirt was so drenched. That was like so... Well, no. I should probably say I'll take it back. It wasn't drenched. because Well, it kind of was wet. Um, but it was wet slash also dry where... 
previous sweat that had already dried because he'd been on the train so long um, and it's so hot it kind of like dried but he was still sweating had gone like all the, all the sodium or salt in it had all gone white and crystallised all over his black t-shirt like like a road map I was like mate mm-hmm. you are bad I mean I was bad I had to change my t-shirt because I was sweating through it so bad um, so that was that was very unpleasant so that's kind of one thing that stood out this week I enjoyed sitting on the hottest day of the year on a, on a train with no air conditioning for three hours that's why I don't use public transport because it's so shit. Yeah, well, Cambridge is obviously notoriously bad for inner city driving and parking. It's a bit mm. of a bitch. Um, so I decided it'll be, and plus I could obviously have a beer if I wanted without having to worry about driving and stuff. So I thought, oh, it'd be easy to get on a train. It's an hour and 10 minutes. It's, busy. it's about the same driving, so it doesn't make any difference. I'll do that. Um, obviously, regretful now of that. I wish I'd have driven. Um, nice air conditioned car. In a nice air conditioned car, yeah. But, that, but it's good. What do? You what? In your pants, if you want to do. Yeah, my pants. <laughs> Who says I wasn't in my pants on the train? You said you changed your t-shirt. In all honesty, well, obviously I did go topless at some point because I changed my t-shirt. I just I didn't go to the toilet and did it. I sat on the train and did it. Um, however, I think I would be within my rights to sit there in my pants because I think if anyone said anything, you'd be able to say, look, if I don't do this, I don't sit in my pants, that I'm going to pass out and with heat exhaustion and potentially die. So you want me to sit in my pants rather than die, wouldn't you? It'd be all right if you were like a normal male and wore boxes, though. But because you wear basically a thong, um, it's a bit bit different. Bit different. Yeah, there is. Uh, I still. Yeah, okay. I'll take that on board. I think maybe <laughs> it's different. Briefs are the only way forward. Briefs. No. no, no. <laughs> That's one way, and then there's definitely another way. Which, no. mate, my, I need boy. something to support the aubergine swinging around. Can't have it swinging around too much in boxes. I don't have any. I don't have any underwear on right at the minute. Thank you, John. <laughs> Just got shorts on. That's a nice, very uh, short shorts. So basically, his aubergine is definitely swinging around. Listen, don't have the minute. Oh. Well, anyway, um, if, it was, so I, if, it was, if it was an aubergine, I wouldn't be uh, uh, into nutrition. I would be um, into porn. Would you? Well, I'd be a porn star. Yeah. I. What if it's like. I don't know, two foot long, like a horse's foot dick. Long. I don't like your uh, that 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 guy, the African guy. He keeps sending those yeah, photos. Man, like. Mandingo, he's been nicknamed. Mandingo, <laughs> Mandongo, but it's Mandingo. Um, <laughs> yeah, you like him. You couldn't physically use it. You'd have, you'd have no one to use it with, surely. Just a tip. Just yeah. a tip. Just thinking about hair. That's it. That <laughs> is it. Because it's honestly, it's like a lethal weapon. Yeah. Imagine if he killed somebody with it, like speared them. Is that like manslaughter? <laughs> yeah. How would that go down? Let's just uh, review the footage in court. I just, um, I just have to wipe my screen because I just spat on it laughing. <laughs> uh, if anybody's not seen this guy, like they, everyone will have seen him. Hundred yeah, percent. It may yeah. not relate if, to if, exactly if what got, we're talking to. But... Yeah. If you've got WhatsApp, you've definitely been sent sent the picture. Yeah. In a group. Yeah, no. or like me, you've got it saved as an actual sticker for quick reply. <laughs> did you open that thing that I sent yeah, in the group? I did. Yeah, good. good. I, uh, um... <laughs> I understand the people that don't want to see a massive dick. <laughs> <laughs> All the straight blokes out there who uh, definitely do want to see it. How <laughs> many people now are listening to us and thinking, what the fuck are they talking terrible. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous behaviour come on like Ed said if anyone's got WhatsApp they'll have seen worse a lot worse because WhatsApp is a is a cesspool of this type of stuff that gets sent around they've tried to halt it a little bit by maximising the amount of time something can be forwarded on really? it was in like 20 odd times but now it's only so much to be like 5 which I don't quite see how it's policed and yeah say, but... unless it like every time you forward it like puts a little notch on it to say it's been forwarded mm. so you can't forward again but surely you just save the picture down and resend it well yeah exactly yeah or maybe yeah, it's too much hassle for people to do which it probably is uh, in this day and age yeah, yeah. Um, we've got a slight off topic about johnny what are you showing me it's so hot <laughs> yeah. out here titties just melting that is lovely jonathan <laughs> you sent me a, oh he's not sent me he just showed me a picture of a woman with very um shopping bags shopping bags for breasts yeah no, now you're being racist. You can't do that. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, we've just lost all our Asian like followers now. Well, they wouldn't have seen it if you hadn't said anything. I haven't said anything. I didn't. Rep- I didn't say that one. 
It's outrageous. <laughs> to be fair, it's not derogatory, really, is it? It's just more funny yeah. play on a Chinese name. Um, I wouldn't say it's derogatory, so but we will apologise regardless because we don't want him to be offended. Um, anyway, we got off topic around my week, so um, Johnny, stop <laughs> seriously. Um, so great training session with Dan. Realised that he's still a big bastard. Um, even though it was only a couple of months ago I saw him but regardless still a big bastard uh, had a great day to a good restaurant called uh, Smokeworks very nice a nice pulled beef uh, bun type thing I was a bit disappointed it wasn't an actual burger and it was pulled beef but you know beggars can't be choosing all that should have um, read the menu better yeah and other than that uh, I've got a broken little toe and that's about it how did you, you do it? Uh, running down the stairs jumped <laughs> over the stair gate at the bottom and obviously, it was a bit overzealous for my landing. Felt a bit like flashy. We I just done gymnastics and end up catching the door frame at the bottom of the stairs with my little toe. Oh, um, yeah. This was, to be fair, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, actually, on summer's birthday. No, day before summer's birthday. No, on summer's birthday, I think it was. Because we had a load of people around. I was playing football in the garden after I'd done it. And it obviously wasn't too bad because I could still play football in the garden with like a kid's ball and stuff. And I was running around. Um, and obviously, it just felt like a stub toe. But since then, I've realised that it hasn't got really any better. And... When I started playing around with it, as you do as a as a male, um, I realised that if I kind of like move my right toe, it like bends at the joint you'd expect. If I move my left toe, which is the one I stubbed, it bends halfway in the toe. So I'm thinking, yeah, that's snapped in half. Um, it's surprisingly actually not that painful when I when I actually move it. Because I thought if your toe snapped in two, it'd be horrendous if you moved it. Like as in you just like bent it with your fingers. Whereas it doesn't actually hurt that much. It's a bit of pain, but not that much. So. But if like you squished your little toe, like you give it a pinch, there's not actually a lot of feeling in there. So I think the nerve endings in your little toe, are, uh, you know, there's not many of them. So um, I've broken my little toes that many times. They now curl up underneath my other toes, like trying to themselves. I think. Can you yeah. um, see this? It's a bit black and swollen. Or is that your? F- no, that's your hand. <laughs> yeah, it's not my penis. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can see this. I can't really do this very well. But basically, this toe shouldn't bend there like that. You are bit. Problem is, Brett, you've got well, split screen, so we can actually only see about a, the middle third of your camera. And you also, you've got the blur thing on. Ah, yeah, yeah, there we go. And you've got the blur thing on, so... Oh, hold on. Oh, sorry, audience. This is a terrible um, thing to listen to, mind you, isn't it? Right, I'm just going to uh, turn... Bit of audio description. Right now, we are looking at Brett's foot. Right, he has two marks on his feet. His toe uh, shouldn't bend there like that. See that piece there? Like if I get my other toe, that bends at this joint here, like this toe does, instead of bending in this middle, because that middle bit doesn't bend. On this toe, it's like a bit wonky. That's a bit broken. Yeah, it's broken in two. In fact, I said it didn't hurt, but now I've done that, it does actually hurt a little bit. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. But, to be honest, you would think that doing that it would make you win so bad you couldn't actually do it. You'd think if you did it to a broken arm or something, like if you mm. started trying to bend a broken arm, you'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. So yeah, your toes a bit more resilient. But there's no point going to a doctor or anything because it's not like they actually do anything about it, is it? You just splint it to your other toe, won't they? So it grows straight, but that's yeah. it. I don't know if they even do it to a little toe because it's on the outside. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They, might, they, might, they might wrap it to the other toe or they might just go, that's a little toe, doesn't really matter. Perhaps. My um, MacBook charger doesn't seem to be working now. Than that. That's marvellous. I uh, I lost, well, I can't find my MacBook charger. I think it's at work, but I'm not too sure. And um, so I went to PC World to try and get another one. Uh, now, bear in mind, I've got a newer, one of the newer ones. So it's the Lightning Charger things. Mm-hmm. And uh, went all around there, found all the old, old like, ones that were from like five years ago. They got loads of those. Uh, I couldn't find any of the, yeah, that, that type. And then the other type, which is like the thin ones that clip on sideways. Um, you could find both of those. Couldn't find a lightning one. Asked the bloke, "Oh no, we don't sell those." It's like these Macs have been out like four, five years, if if not longer. Um, went to Argos, same again. No, nobody, nobody sells them in shops apart from Apple. Uh, how wank is that? Mm. So. Well, I tell you what, there's a lesson learned for marketing in that shows you that the fact you even going into a store and paying over the odds instead of getting one online, you need you're paying for convenience and you're paying for someone to kind of do it for you. Well, yeah, exactly, and they can't even do that. No, because all the ones in there were like eighty quid, um, that for the old style ones. So you, you're going to be. That I, I did just go onto Google and Amazon was selling them for like forty quid. 
So exactly like proper Apple ones as well. Okay. So, yeah, um, no. I've, I've got one thing I want to report on before we wrap it up and pass over to you to tell us about your week. I know this has been a long time, but you've also interjected a lot, so I'm not going to take all responsibility. <laughs> However, um, I so um, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce her surname because I don't know what it is. But Emily eats and treats. I think that's her Instagram. Emily, don't think that's her surname. No, that's definitely not a surname. What well, might be? No, it's like uh, Malak. Kawaki, Malazaki. I should. I'd be honest. That's really rude of me to not do it, but um, I've got it in front of me, so I don't even know how it's spelled. So I'm going to become absolutely butcher that. So Emily, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. Um, however, she uh, trolled my Instagram account because I still had a gingerbread carb killer laying around because I was eating one the other day, and she's like, "I can't believe you still got one." They're my favourite things, and I said, "Well, you know, shoot me a dress and I'll send you one because I'm that nice." So um, we've started a thing called. Uh, protein pet forward so we would uh, like anyone that wants to uh, receive a free protein bar on the condition that they will be happy to pay it forward and send another one to someone else to get in touch because she will send you a protein bar um, I think she's picked one already but um, you don't have to send on the same bar you can send on whatever bar you like as long as it's obviously an alright one um, but we just want to see how far we can kind of uh, get this paying it forward thing to go it would be quite interesting to see how many nice people are around that are happy to pay stuff forward. It's one of those things where you 100% send the one that you don't like or the one you don't. I wouldn't. I'm not an asshole. Oh, right. Okay, it's just me then. I, like, why would you not send a nice one? Well, basically, basically, she said you don't have to do that. And I said I would do, like to do it because, to be honest, it, it's, it's still selfish. And this is why I almost think there is there's very little things in life that are selfless. Because even though it sounds like quite a nice thing and selfless thing to do, send someone a free protein bar, you know, I get nothing out of it. Actually, I do get something out. I feel very good about doing it. So it's quite selfish, actually. Because I only did it to make myself feel good. And so you could speak about it on the podcast and, and so make you look speak- good. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not entirely true. <laughs> and in fact, even I say it like that, even when I say it like, I only did it to feel good, that's not true either. I did it because it makes me feel good. But also, it's nice for other people. So it's not quite as clear as that. But anyway, point is, if people want to get involved, go over to her Instagram. Obviously, give her a follow as well, because she's a very, very, very lovely lady. Um... It's Emily Eats and Treats, all one word, Emily, E-M-I-L-Y, uh, and her surname is Makalazi, and I've definitely butchered that, so sorry, Emily. Um, so yeah, go go give her a follow, watch her story, and I think she's asked to basically, uh, I think she's put like a question sticker on her story, where you can just go in and obviously put out what your protein bar is you would send someone, and why, and that's the entry, basically. And obviously you need to be prepared to pay it forward, and then... We just want to see how far this goes. So it'd be nice if people could then use the relevant hashtag, which I think is ProteinPIF, um, and tag us in any videos that you're going to tell who you send it to and that type of stuff. So I think it's a cool idea. Yeah. It's, like, it's a bit like, like the book thing where you leave, you read a book and yeah. then leave it in the book thing. And, yeah. yeah, like doing holiday resorts. Or um, my a local pub, I think is probably the best way of describing it, they do a thing where if you're feeling generous, you can go in and buy a coffee or buy two so if you're going to buy a coffee um, you go in and buy a coffee like a you know a takeaway coffee and you buy two and you leave a counter in like a little or like a token in a little jar and if if you then ever want to you can come in take a token out and buy a coffee with it so the idea is like obviously you're paying a coffee for to someone that is in dire need one in the future that but it's, it's a funny concept because it's kind of like well you get so many cheapskates how many unscrupulous like, people are going to come in yeah I mean yeah. I would like to think that the people that come in and take the coffees are the homeless or you know, like people that are actually in need and can't afford to buy their own coffees um, or whatever. But, you know, they're leaving it down to people's own uh, morals and ethics to whether mm. they want to buy two and give one away for someone in the future. Because obviously you never know who's going to take the token that you that you put in there. So anyway, that was, I think that's the only other thing I wanted to kind of go on. So go and do that. Um, I'd love to see this get a, go like all the way across the, the waters to like America or, or Australia or somewhere different, see how far we can get it. That'd be amazing. I'm probably uh, got too high hopes, but let's see how many nice people are out there. They'll probably just bomb after one. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, Emily will send yeah. it on to someone. That that bastard will probably end up just eating it and not doing anything about it, which is not very nice. But. I think if you oh, obviously listen to this and then you receive the bar from somebody, you should definitely tag either No Nonsense Nutrition in it or at least just Brett in it. And uh, yes, yeah, so we can kind of keep keep, keep tabs, um, keep tabs on where it is. Uh, obviously, it's not the same protein bar, so 
yeah, if you want to send some like old PhD smart bar or a quest bar because you're a horrible bastard, then I suppose you can do that. Oh no, no, the PhD smart bars are right. No, the old ones. The old, the old way ones. ones. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, they're the ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the smart ones. Yeah, no. Yeah. But you could, um, yeah, definitely don't send a horrible quest bar. Ugh. Oh, they are lovely. They are not quest. lovely. They are not lovely, boy. Some are, yeah. They got more yeah. fiber than a something with a really high fiber. Um, which just backs you up. You have more than one in a day. That's it. You're you're not pooing for a month. I'm they not sure. Like... I'm not sure Johnny's talking about the same thing as us. Well, like quest bars. Yeah. Yeah, they have tried a few. They're nice. They, they, they're probably the first half tidy bar, aren't they? Really? No, they're probably the first half tidy macro bar. I.e., the macros are yeah. good. The taste wise, they're fucking disgusting, Johnny. Just... Unless they've completely rebranded them, they were they were like the some of the first protein bars out there, but they were the rankest things they were, they were decent at the time because everybody else was doing like blocks of brick um as a protein bar well, but to, to be fair at the time there was two types of protein bar there were blocks of brick or there were basically candy bars obviously just chocolate bars with a bit of protein in which obviously from a nutritional perspective isn't brilliant and then quest came out with something a bit more in the middle where they actually had decent macros because of this fucking polyoli agarigaracaracide shit they found in thailand that obviously is what they used to make the bars which is now known as vitafiber um however they're still dire and johnny you're wrong i i do like the owner though he's a, he's a good guy tom billu tom billu billu whatever you call it um, he's class yeah. billionaire mind billionaire billionaire you only like him because he's rich, then. He probably won't listen, and he probably won't buy you a Lamborghini, mate. He's got a like um sort of it's like a podcast, like a t- on YouTube, and he interviews all these in different sort of people at the top of the game, and it's it's good luck. Some people he interviews like these people are amazing. Naveen Jain, the famine, uh, well, he's a billionaire, but he wants to go, he wants to mine the moon. <laughs> mental, problem. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy, but. Class. Anyway. Sounds like a shit Joe Rogan. Mm, yeah, sort of. <laughs> it just gets a bit odd, isn't it? It's what makes for good viewing, though, I suppose, isn't it? That's why people listen to us. Just a bit odd. Virtually, aren't they? Yeah, a bit odd. We're 27 <laughs> minutes into a podcast, we've talked about nothing. And you haven't even gotten on to how my week was. How was your week, Ed? <laughs> good. Uh, Move on. We, yeah. <laughs> We um, Thursday was Alex's birthday, so we went to a high ropes course in Canuck. Um Apart from they're all speaking a bit weird down there, uh, it was it was really really good. Um, it, that was on the hottest day of the year as well, so we were kind of regretting it to start off with, but because we were under the trees, it was all right. But that no, was really fun. They had some massive zip wires and yeah, some balancey things. And then there was one thing where you basically jump off the tree, holding onto your rope, and it just swings you into a huge cargo net. But because of the like the attachment you're on it kind of jumps a little bit the like the the, the wheels on the the rope that are kind of holding you up in the air uh they jump a little bit and it jumps just as you're about to hit this net so it like extra catapults you into the net um and then because you try and hold on to the net and as you swing back it nearly pulls your arms out sockets that's really fun uh, yeah that's apart from that um i've eaten out a lot okay those eggs were grim by the way brett yeah they looked a bit grim yeah they basically fried the bottom of them so much on such a whether it was high heat or what it was, I don't know. But like they were crispy as anything. They it was like, not yeah. Good. They, they looked like a really crispy, waxy bottom. No it wasn't waxy. It. it was just crisp. Like you couldn't cut through it crisp. Yeah, not enjoyable. Yeah. They didn't look enjoyable. But I love the idea. Great idea. Waffles and eggs and bacon. Yeah. And the maple syrup was really watery as well. So we weren't be like the evening meals are really, really good. That's where we went on Thursday. But uh, I won't be going back for breakfast, that's for sure. So Mel Fudge, if you're listening, do not go to the Wayfarer for breakfast. She lives near it. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything else you want to report on? Nope. No. Okay. Um, well, let's do some type of content because people don't just listen to us for us to talk about are amazingly exciting lives, do they? No. No? No? Johnny's looking really confused. I don't know what he's reading. I know he was. I can see he was reading something. Um, we were going to talk about the things that you can probably... No, actually, not the things you can ignore in the fitness industry, but basically the things that probably matter in the fitness industry. 
um, from a perspective of a an individual that wants to improve their health, their physique, uh, their um, physical abilities, or whatever you know, insert label here kind of thing. Now, this was inspired slightly by a conversation that me and Dan had on Thursday when we were just talking business, uh, or we were just talking just shit basically. But um, we were kind of joking around how um, there's very little, I want to frame this right, there's very little people really need to worry about, which obviously, like, a silly thing for a coach to say, and I kind of intimated, uh, no, intimated is the right word? Intimated is the right word. Intimated, or we've kind of talked about this type of stuff before, but basically saying, like, sometimes as a coach you feel a bit of a fraud or a bit of a, like, an imposter almost, because... Like, if you're evidence-based and if you're, you know, ethical, the things that make the biggest difference are quite simple and there isn't a huge amount of things, you know, like these boxes, uh, there's a few boxes to check off. And once you've done that, most people are kind of like on their way almost, if that's the right way to frame it. Um, obviously, the more unethical and scrupulous people tend to find these little tiny other things and these special magical pills or protocols or stuff that they to kind of use to differentiate themselves to try and sell products when in reality they make fuck all difference you know a simple analogy would be like um i don't know fat burners you know these magical fat burners you know people try and sell these things when we all know they don't work they're just kind of an easy magical pill for someone to buy to try and you know they plan on people's emotions to get people to buy them and that type of stuff so and that that can be kind of spread out across different things not just supplements but basically most stuff in the fitness industry like training protocols dietary interventions all manner of stuff people can basically um, probably ignore most of the shit out in the fitness industry and just tick off a few boxes right have I found that right does that feel like the sort of thing we want to talk about I think so yeah I think kind of like I know when we were discussing this topic before we sort of said about um, you know if you do 80% of the stuff most of the time um, then that's kind of the stuff that's going to get you the most, the, the longest way. I think that's the kind of the stuff that we potentially just give away for for, for free, really. Um, you know, the stuff we preach about every single week. Um, and then obviously we don't talk about things like fat burners apart from to say they don't work. Um, and that's the things where, like you say, yeah, the, the unethical people sell. Uh, but and then I think there's the few bits which kind of you don't really need to focus on. Maybe that ten to twenty percent, which could make a little bit of difference if you're doing the other bits right. Um. Uh, yeah, and so I think there's kind of like almost three three brackets to this. Um. Yeah, the things you should be focusing on, the things you can focus on if you are doing the other bits right, and then the things that most people tend to focus on, which make zero percent of the change and and results. I think people always look. People always think it can't be that easy, and they always look for something, the magic trick, the one thing that's going to make the difference when. They know what they need to do. They just don't do it and will always look. And the best marketers, it's usually the people who have <clears throat> shit. Look how many good marketers you see who've got shite products in the, in the fitness industry. Quite a lot of them. Most of them. Yeah, well, 90% of them probably. And um, most of the people who've got good products have shit marketing. Yeah. So <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need good marketing and they need shit marketing. But they they are preying on people's uh, mindset of oh there must be one special trick that somebody's doing. It's like the keto guy near that complete ass wipe. I can't remember his name. There was a couple of them anyway. And it's like he's preying on that one particular. But the population who want that special diet and he thinks it's keto because he's in shape and he's slamming loads of gear in him. Look at I done. I've done keto. And that's the that's a small thing. Yeah, yeah, keto works in certain circumstances of people's lifestyles, blah blah blah, because it adheres to or what is the foundation. So push you in a calorie deficit. But he's using a method that ninety nine percent of people will never stick to or don't need just to make the I don't know, the results seem or the diet seem special. When, it's not. when something's hard work you make it like it kind of feels like it's working that's why sometimes I think with coaching 
when you're doing the most, like some people just need the, the uttermost basics. They just need to be put in a calorie deficit and whatever method you use to do that, whether it's just tracking or just telling people to only eat three times a day or, you know, eating half your plate full of vegetables or, you know, something like that, that as, a, as a method to get the, the outcome. Um, you sort of almost feel like, come on, you know, taking your money for not doing a lot. And that's kind of how it feels. But for some people, they need just the uttermost basics. And it's a case of they either don't know the basics or it's the accountability to do those basics. And but and then to them they kind of think oh is that it and it's like well but I already knew that it's like well why weren't you doing it then if you already knew that um, I think it goes the same with training and stuff like that the people buy training programs from you expecting to see some miracle exercise and some miracle tempo and some miracle kind of exercise selection and and, uh, and uh, like the 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 sequence the exercises are in um and they expect it to to be magic and something out of this world and it's like no you just need to actually do this you know for more than a week um and you will absolutely smash it um and i think some people need they need to be told just keep it simple stupid don't they um even people have been i seen a post from someone who's probably been training 20 years so on on gear big unit and he he asked the question what is the perfect rest period? And again, you're asking such a stupid question and you've been training that long. But some people just, some people just have never had the inclination to really look, to really to make a difference. You look, look at professional bodybuilders, they don't learn, they haven't got a clue really about what actually is the cause of their muscle gain. They think it's just like, yeah, bro, let's go in by feel and let's just train. 400 sets of legs when in reality they, they it works because they're genetic freaks progressive overload so they they are using the basics the fundamentals of muscle they just don't know what they're doing and that's they stupid isn't it but because they're huge but yeah yeah like you look so phil heath did a seminar at a local gym to me at strength asylum and the turnout for that was like huge there were so many people there and they were watching him train and they were they were talking to him and asking him all these basic questions that they'd ask every single bodybuilder that went in there and it's you know what's the best exercise for growing your arms what's the uh best amount of reps you do how much gear do you take like you know all that sort of stuff and most like if you said to him like you know what are the actual basic principles of training like they, they wouldn't be able to answer the question um because whether it's a case of they they know because they do it, but they don't know the reasoning behind it, I suppose. And some people just need to know that reasoning so for, to give them a reason why they do it. Um, and the reason why, just, you know, keeping it, you know, if you're, like, fatigued out your ass, don't train. Oh, well, why? Well, because you're fatigued out your ass. Like, you're not going to have a good session, are you? Um, whereas, you know... <laughs> People need like the most simple answer, don't they? Uh, no, sorry, the most like just simple ex- explanation. But because somebody's given them a, a fancy explanation to why, um, you know, taking a car blocker works, and then some retard from Geordie Shores giving them a like overcomplicated answer, which has just blown them away because they've used a word longer than three syllables. Um, like, the <laughs> it makes it sound like oh, well, that must work then. Um, yeah. I think it's that appeal to authority things that if someone's five or ten or twenty stone with abs and that's your goal is to be as big as possible or as shredders. You're gonna to listen to whatever they say because they are who they are. And it's like I always ref- and this is why people ignore the basics and they try and find the methods that some bodybuilder uses that they're never gonna do because they're genetic freaks. And it's like, would you take financial advice from a lottery winner? No. So they've won a genetic lottery in terms of training, they can do whatever they like. Did, did, you know, still, did you know what? Michael Carroll's now a financial advisor? Can't be real, can you? He's real, man. He's now a financial advisor. Well, if you're going to go to him, well, more fool you. I but mean, I'm just caveat. I might have made that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I was listening to a John Peters and Mike Israel podcast. John Peters massively, like he's three hundred eight pound. So we're hidden. He's saying a lot of people don't take into what account what they say because they're not at the top of the tree of bodybuilding. So they mm. know the basic principles. Progressive overload, volume over time, get stronger. You do those things, you're going to grow. You missed one big fundamental one there, mate. What? Specificity. 
yeah, like all right, keep pedantic prick. Don't so, don't don't go shooting if you want big, you know. Don't go shooting and then be bodybuilder. Actually, you did yeah. miss yeah. An, you did miss another one. Mexican supplements, oh, yeah. especially yeah. those two. <laughs> yeah, especially those two. But like again, it's like if you knew the principles, you could almost dissect how they train and go right. What's he actually doing week to week? It's like I seen another post from another guy who was trained a long time. It's like, what do you say? It's like, oh, do you just go in the gym by feel of a logbook? I was thinking, I said, if you go in the gym by feel every time, you will never make an optimal gains. Never, ever, ever. Because you never know what you've done the week before. And don't tell me you remember every set, every number, all the way you've done, because you don't. This is bullshit. But the basics is, you kept a logbook. You're always hitting the basics. Then you can make up methods. Then you'll... Ne- then you'll You'll see these people who make up stupid methods, think this is the holy grail of training. When it's actually no, it just if it if it follows the laws of like in volume, intensity, specific. I hate saying that word. Specificity. Specificity. Then it'll work. But if you think there's a magical training routine that a bodybuilder does, then have you seen a bodybuilder train? Half them, really at half ass training anyway. Probably the only bodybuilder I'd ever even considered taking advice from was Dorian Yates. Because at least he would logbook and know what he was doing and at least have some idea. And he could train hard. The rest of them are just, like, they have no clue they, for the general population. Not a clue. Here's a good conversation I had with Jordan Peters. And um, this was after. Body it was a conversation we had on Instagram actually just literally just before he blew up and went all massive um, and stopped replying to people um, but uh, so he talked about neat so like your movement around day-to-day activity that's not exercise and he talked about that in a seminar in terms of uh, getting ready for competitions and, and stuff like that and now most bodybuilders won't talk about something like moving around um but your day-to-day exercise and just so body power was in may and then the november before that i went to a seminar with will boniak who came second in olympia a couple of times a couple of years ago uh did he do the same again this year or did he, i think it might have come third this this last year and uh dave titterton who was a mr universe so two massive guys got the the gift of genetics and uh, and all that and i asked them i said whether they've ever uh, in this this Q and A, uh, I asked them if they had ever contemplated uh, or ever considered uh, their needs throughout uh, throughout the uh, throughout the day, um, opposed to just focusing on what training they're doing, what cardio they're doing. Because if they sat down all day, they're obviously not going to be burning as many calories as if they gave themselves a five thousand day uh, five thousand steps a day target. Um, and uh, and I said I sort of messaged him and said, oh, I'm so glad you talked about Neat. It's good to see a bodybuilder actually talking about those sorts of things. Um, and I, I sort of explained that I talked to Will Bonyak and Dave Titterton, and they looked at me like I was crazy. And he was <laughs> so he replied back saying, oh yeah, they would definitely look at you like like a crazy person. But remember, those guys are the genetic elite, and they don't often consider how they got to be in the place they're in. Um, and then they went on to talk about a few other bits, but and just saying that some of these top guys, they know exactly what their body needs and just through years and years of doing it, but then they kind of do whatever their coach says because their coach is telling them that and, um, and they, they don't question it. And if, you, if your clients aren't, like my clients question what we're doing sometimes, not in a, you know, why are we doing that, that's retarded, but why are we doing that because I want to learn. Um, and because I actually have the answers and say, right, well, this is why we're doing that, that's why we're not doing that, this is why aren't we aren't doing that yet. Um, like cardio is a big one like why aren't we doing cardio we started dieting well we can use that as a tool later down the line um to burn more calories you know we're giving them a valid answer and they're like all right yeah okay that makes sense instead of going oh you know we started a diet let's throw everything at the diet at once um yeah uh, and that was just uh, just to prove that jordan peters is a good guy yeah and that gives you that and that that gives your clients and the principles of why things work so they will never need they never they never get trapped into Oh, the one secret that uh, some in the celebrities are doing, they are not. You know, that nonsense. Like, they'll go, well, actually, I know what they're doing. The same as every other fucker. Every other fucker. Yeah. To defy biology, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. This is why, like, when Ryan Terry started coaching people, I just kind of, like, laughed a little bit and was just like, right, okay, so what are you going to do? And to be fair to him, I, I did 
I did sort of question him a little bit on um, what do you think when all these bodybuilding people start coaching people online and through Instagram and stuff. And he said, look, I, <laughs> this is funny because he started then coaching people about six months later. He said, I don't coach people because I only know type A, which is Ryan Terry. I know how to get me in shape, but I don't know how to get you know you or you or you because everybody's different. And he understood that, which was good of him. Um, but then six months later, he went and brought out all these, oh, come onto my website and buy this from me. Uh, I'll get you in shape. And it's like, mm, okay. Uh, yeah, so it's the industry is so unregulated, isn't it? So they oh, God, simply yeah. want and nothing gets done about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. can literally ignore. If, obviously, if you're listeners, you probably get Facebook ads for God knows what. You could probably ignore 99% of them because they're always going to be shit. They're, they're always looking at the, the 1% that doesn't be. It's like media frequency. Media frequency matters in certain circumstances for most for most people it doesn't matter really you know what I mean if you're a professional bodybuilder who's really looking to hit protein every three hours just to maximise muscle gain then yeah you know maybe but for most of us then it's not going to really make any difference because you're not on the Olympia stage so what are you going to say uh, yeah, uh, with with that sort of thing. So using meal frequency as an example, um, unless you're you know smashing the rest of things, um, you know if you're only eating, you know if you want to gain if you're wanting to gain muscle and you're an 80 kilo man and you're only eating 30 grams of protein a day, it doesn't matter whether that 30 grams is all in one go or whether it's spread out throughout the day. Meal frequency is not going to matter because you're not eating enough protein. Um, whereas if you nail then your like calories to be a maintenance or a surplus, and if you um, eating enough protein as like a macro guide, um, then yes, you can start to say, right, okay, well, let's start to split up my protein throughout the day to maximize muscle protein synthesis. Like, you have to be nailing that, like the main bulk of things, the 80, 90% of the important stuff to then go on. I mean, it only takes a small amount of effort as well. So, like, a really good kind of phrase Brett used at the start is what was it, Brett? Something about 80% and 20%. And- Pareto's law. Go on. Which can apply to most things in life, I think, in that. Um, 80% of the results will get from 20% of your effort and vice versa so the extra 20% of the results will you'll take 80% effort which is generally a good principle to live by in most walks of life um, because you really want to be kind of reducing I suppose level of effort because if you think to yourself actually no let me context or frame that better so a good example will be that Say you're selling, say you're a manufacturer company selling anything, you know, you could take supplements as an easy, relatable example. Um, I imagine that for most people selling supplements, as in a manufacturer, they probably get, I don't know, 80% of their stuff they sell to, like, you know, like one company or, or like a big chunk of it is from like very few people. So maybe only 20% of the company, of their um, stuff is going out, or 80% of their stuff is going out to only 20% of like companies. The other 80% are all making tiny little orders. You know, they might make one or two little orders. And if you think of the workload that goes involved in dealing with one company selling them 80% of the stuff you you send out, and then you've got to deal with loads of companies doing only the 20%, you might think to yourself from an efficiency perspective, am I just, is it worthwhile worrying about that extra 20% and I can just cut down on 80% of my workload because I can just deal with this bigger company, this one company. And obviously, therefore, it gives, frees up loads of time to do something more effective. I suppose that's the idea of Pareto's law. Um, I think, I suppose this this kind of underlines or frames everything we talked about in nutrition and uh, training. Basically, twenty percent of your uh, obviously this is yeah twenty percent of basically what you do probably accounts for eighty percent of you know like the results you're going to get. And an easy example, brewing it straight into nutrition would be energy balance. You know, you don't have to think about anything else. You'd have to think about meal frequency. You'd have to think about quality of food. You'd have to think about all of these other little things, supplements, etc., etc. Um, when just that tiny thing about energy balance probably will cover your eighty percent of your bases. Yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you could say oh. the same with training, like Johnny said. Like all of the things, the principles that relate to training, like, like basically twenty percent of the stuff that you just can implement as in like a small percent of all the things available to you to do, if you implement 20% of that stuff, you'll probably get 80% of your results as long as they're the big things. It's almost like just basically look after the big rocks. That doesn't take a lot of effort to do, and you'll get 80% of your results. 
Whereas, obviously, mm. if you then start worrying about, obviously, the, the little 20% of stuff, which takes loads of effort to do, it's probably going to be stress you out, waste your time, and you could you could live a happier or just a happy life just focusing on the, let's say, this, this 80% rule. So It's uh, like the, the analogy with the... Um... Uh, it gets thrown around a lot where the lecturer walks into the lecture theatre, puts on a big, you know, like a jug on the on the front and uh, pours it full of big rocks and says, is that, uh, fills it with big rocks and says, is that is that jug full? And everybody says, yes. And then he pours, gets like little little stones, pours little stones in, is that full? Uh, yes. Is there any room for anything else? No. And then gets sand and pours the sand in and the sand like fills the rest of the, the like the empty volume. Um, and uh, yeah, and then he says, "Now is that full?" And it's kind of looking at the the big things in life. You think that are taking up the whole of um, the the big things taking up all, all your life. You think that's it, but it's not. It's the small little bits. It's kind of like the opposite way around. You've put uh, that badly, haven't you? No, I know. I know. I know, I know, yeah. I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> Basically, if you just start uh, the other way around, you'd have said like, yeah. if you go and fill a jug full of water, and then try and put sand in it, and then try and put rocks in it, they won't all fit. Whereas if you do it the other way around, you put the rocks in first, then the sand yeah. fills the holes, and then the water fills the holes in the sand, and they will all fit. That was a better way around for this analogy, instead of me going through all of that and then saying, now turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the idea is like, you say, don't focus on the minutiae detail of stuff. I don't, like Because you're probably going to be stressing yourself out for such either tiny little extra benefits, or maybe nothing at all, actually. And like we say, and this, this kind of brings it full circle around the original part of the conversation that me and Dan had about being coaches and some of the stuff that we'd implement and feeling a bit of a fraud at times because we really do generally feel it's more ethical just to focus on the, the big things, which does feel a bit fraudulent because, like Ed said, you give it away for free a lot of that stuff and like telling people to eat an energy balance and high protein diet and how to train, just kind of looking after your. Um, volume and intensities and you know like a, a training program will probably get most like a, a free training plan online will get most people a decent way there to start with at least anyway it's kind of like well mm, they're all pretty simple things um so it's kind of like well you feel a bit of a fraud when you're not really then start plugging or putting anything a bit more special because it doesn't really exist the, like, what the ones that do exist are exactly what we said frauds fraudulent stuff or people just overselling in the fitness industry to try and make money or it's illegal or if you're talking about supplements, it's illegal. Mm. Yeah, take this take this uh, fat loss pill. It'll help you. It's DMP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to help you, but it might kill you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't take DMP. No. no. I wouldn't recommend it, no. no. Um, Especially female. Well. Because they're the ones who tend to die. Because they think, oh, one pill is good. Two must be bad. No, two yeah. is dead. I was, I was going to say, I don't know, is, it just, is that just, oh no, we're getting into funny content here, but is it not just culture of with diets for women and stuff? But I don't know. Anyway, um, do we is it do we want to round up on saying anything about the main things to focus on or do we think we've done that? I, I think just, yeah, I, I think we should say, right, well, you know, this is a definitive list and uh, um, not definitive, but you know, this is a good list of, of the things that you should probably be focusing on and you can imagine all the crap that we're telling you not to focus on. And if you are focusing on the crap and you're not doing the good, then uh, you need to have a look in the mirror and uh, have a good conversation with yourself and say, what am I doing? Okay, so let's go nutrition. Main few things like you think covers most people's bases, which will take a little effort. Energy balance. I.e. calories in, calories out, sort that out. Yeah, yeah. Including like movement and stuff. So if you sit on your ass all day eating loads of food, like they both play a factor, but more more food, more so than movement. Okay. Anything else? High protein. Yeah, yeah. Making sure your protein is right for your goal. Not saying that you know if you're a middle aged woman who doesn't really do much exercise and you're just focusing on getting down from twenty stone to fifteen stone. You know, all right, yeah, up your protein, but you don't need to be smashing like two hundred and fifty grams a day. Um, no, I think like none of this is going to be contextual because I think that you can't really give contextualized answers on this high level stuff and hopefully people can put it into their own context by hopefully have listened to all of this the rest of the shit we put out because we're 111, 12 episodes in or whatever it is. So we've gone through all of this so let's not worry too much about that. Um, okay, so energy balance, high protein, um, eat some fruits and vegetables, stay hydrated, yeah. um, sleep well. Like, yeah. To be honest, 
and manage your stress. Mm-hmm. Try not to be too stressed. And I, like I said, these are so easy, simple things to implement. Um, so training, uh, sorry, nutrition done. Should we move on to training? Just a few things on training. Get stronger so, over time. Get stronger over time. Cool. How'd you do that? You'd be all right. How'd you do that? <clears throat> Ideally, you would make a note of what you're doing week to week. Johnny because, likes logbook. Yeah, because if you think, you're not going to remember. As much as you think you do, you ain't going to. So if you bench, let's say you're starting off 60K, whatever, you know, 60K month one, you up it a little bit, a little bit, and then at the end of month two, you're on 70K. And then a year later, you're on 100K. As long as you're looking at a log, right, can I beat that rep? Can I have more reps? Can I add more weight? Can I add more sets? So get stronger over time and increase volume over time by logbooking, looking at what we've done last week, can you beat it? And then after every five and six weeks, cut your volume in half, keep the weight relatively high, have a week of deloading and do it again. So progressive overload, giving it like an umbrella term, yeah. um, you'd call it progressive overload. So that's kind of one thing that everybody should be focusing on if they want to make improvements. I want to take yeah. it back a bit and just go back to my point about specificity. So pick a pick a form of exercise that's specific to your goal and then incorporate some progressive overload, definitely. I think they're the two things to say. And obviously, like Johnny said, um, progressive overload is going to be diff- many different forms. Um but I think obviously volume, if if bodybuilding or getting a better physique, so I use resistance training, you have to have some level of volume increase over time, although it should go in waves and peaks rather than kind of just yeah. constantly up because you can't. But I do agree. I think, Johnny, you can't increase volume over time without getting stronger indefinitely because you can't keep doing more and more volume without getting stronger because, yeah. one, you'll you'll get stronger and do more volume because you should build more muscle by more volume and more muscle should equal more force or power output. So you yeah. should get stronger regardless, but you also need to do some type of strength improvements. Maybe focus a bit on strength work because um, otherwise, you you can't just keep adding volume because you'd end up being in the gym for seventeen hours of the day because you've suddenly got to a point where you're doing so much volume that you can't fit it into an hour. So this is why it goes back to if you're starting off and you're male, usually don't look at pro bodybuilders and what they do because they can be in training for twenty five years maybe, or they can handle. 40 sets of arms mm-hmm. because they've done it they need a day of arms because they they can't do upper upper because they've been in the gym for like 10 hours yeah. Yeah. so then just look as you get more advanced your volume increase, increase in weight increase is going to get vastly smaller because you're, you're advancing you're getting closer and closer and closer to your genetic limit unless of course you start using steroids and then you can <laughs> do what you want I think um <laughs> Same principle still apply though, even if you are on gear. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just handle more volume, and you're likely to get stronger faster. I think really... what what I just want to add on that is as well. So obviously, specificity, some form of progressive overload, um, form, and obviously having you to use coin a term, not coin a term, to use the term uh, my muscle connection, and having something like that involved is important because you can easily go through training, lifting weight from A to B that's not the same as actually putting mechanical tension on the muscle which we know mechanical tension is what um, is like primary driver for hypertrophy or muscle growth so I think that's one thing that's often people can not put enough emphasis on is is lifting actual form and knowing what you're doing lifting weight and acquiring that skill almost so I think if you can stress halfway down go no near your chest use your shoulders lump it up and peck your neck you ain't working your chest no no as is um, dive bombed into a squat and bouncing out the hole back up is also not doing particularly well for your quads and might cause you some injury. So um, yeah, it's that type of stuff where I think obviously again I think it's a that's probably one of the key points. But I think like they are still even though they're obviously big blocks, those sort of things to implement are still quite you know low effort. I.e. the twenty percent effort will get you the eighty percent of results. So I think once you've done that, you kind of got your form and obviously you know you've got a plan of specificity and with with a progression model train to a relative intensity in terms of not intensity on the bar as in the weight you lift but more as in like kind of more um somewhere in terms of it being hard is probably the, the a really vague concept no concept state no uh, term. like a like an rpe so like 
you know how much you've got in the tank, how much uh, how hard it is, and you know if you're working on a scale of one to ten and you're constantly ending the session on a six, thinking yeah that was alright, like you're never going to progress. Yeah. Uh, whereas that's... if you're working to an eight or a nine, then you you are. Yeah, because that's why I want to bring it up because I guess it's also quite easy, which I've seen with a lot of people that you go into the gym, you train, and it's too easy. They're never really meeting the threshold of actually um, challenging or stressing or creating enough mechanical tension where they see any um, adaptation. So you kind of have to work to a relative intensity at some point uh, of it gets hard at points of your training. Cause if not, and to be fair, if you've got a progressive overload model, even if you started piss easy and you, you basically didn't do enough um, stim- or create enough stimulus to see any adaptations to the start, I guess, as in like the start of a training program, if you're progressively overloading at points, at some point, you're going to get to the point where it becomes hard. Because obviously, if you're continually progressively overloading, you can't stay easy forever. So, but I guess just I wanted to just point out, like, just make sure you're at least working relatively hard, have harder points, and then, like Johnny said, deload and repeat, rinse and repeat, you know. Basic. Absolutely. But I think, shall, we, um, shall we just end this now? Hopefully, it's just the rambles have added some type of value or, or entertainment or something for people. We do have a feature to, to tick off this week. Edward? Let me just go and get it. Al, can you pass me those bits, please? Al, just can you pass my, me those bits, assistant. please? My assistant. My glamorous assistant. Uh, Alex? She, she, she's literally walking over to me, not taking her eyes off the screen with Love Island on. So I was Has she not heard of Sky Plus? Pause the <laughs> not in a bedroom. Not, oh. yeah. If we were mine, it would be. Yeah. Poverty? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we've got two products here. One is a drink-based product, and the other one is a food-based product. A, a drink-based um, product, I like that. <laughs> one is a drink-based product. Uh, can you see what that one is? Yes, that is a can of Espresso Monster. That is an espresso-based milk drink with um, caffeine in it. Basically, yeah. So even though it says Monster, I was expecting it to taste a bit like Monster Energy with coffee, but no, luckily it wasn't. No, luckily. it's not. It's literally just a cold coffee beverage. Yeah, uh, but with Monster Brand, and that one... Is a Cadbury's Dairy Milk Simply the Zest. Orange-flavoured chocolate with almond... Uh, what was the rest of it say? Because you moved it away. Sorry. Caramel pieces and digestive biscuit. That sounds delightful. Yeah, so that's what I thought. I'd try the Monster and the chocolate. I love orange chocolate, so yeah. Um, is, so we... I'm assuming one good, one bad? Uh, oh weird you've let me uh, down I know I'm sorry I was really hoping one would be really good and one would be really bad um, one was really bad and one was a bit meh can oh, we guess so, which one so no meh. goods not out of these okay. two I'm afraid okay I'm going to say the dairy milk was bad and the monster was meh Johnny other way around you think the monster was bad and the dairy milk was meh yeah Johnny has won the million dollar prize wow uh, now, I've had both and I have to disagree that monster no. is delicious. No, it's not. It was basically a can of milk, full fat milk. Um, I didn't delicious. get any. Not when you want coffee, though. When you want, like, when you're having coffee, like for an espresso as well, a triple shot espresso. I want to be able to taste the coffee, and uh, I just no, not really, um, not too much. I just, I, I, it was meh. It left a bad taste, and, and that was about it. Uh, the Dairy milk, though, if it had another about, I don't know, six oranges in it, it would probably been really, really nice. But it wasn't as orangey as you would may have thought by the big orange on the label. Yeah. So for me, it was a bit meh. Um, I enjoyed it, though. Left a nice aftertaste of chocolate, um, but not orange chocolate. I, I find so. that with protein bars, a lot of these like flavoured protein bars are either mint or orange. They mm. tend to always be underdone in flavouring, and there's always room for more. And a little bit of, to bring it full circle to the start of this episode... The gingerbread carp was a bit like that, where I felt it had more room for gingerbread, albeit it's still very nice. But Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to be able to taste it without it being artificial. And I got the, the, the biscuity bits in there and everything, but the orange just... If I was blind taste testing it, I'd have probably guessed it was orange, but I'd have had to think about that. I thought about it. Uh, Wheat. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, sorry. Johnny's bored. <laughs> Johnny needs to put 50p in the meter. Um, okay. Well, to round up, uh, everyone make sure you follow us more reviews please we did have another review we had a three star review I noticed but I haven't actually read it yet that was a bit disappointing I'm sure getting a three star review can't believe it um, <laughs> who hates us that much to have a three star review yeah. unbelievable Jeff um, yeah Facebook group uh, photo shoot will be launched soon project photo shoot if people want mm. to get involved 
It, we're, so we're, obviously, we've like we said last week, we're rerunning that. So, um, uh, Johnny, how do they sign up to the emails again? I'll have to um, sort the link out, but we got, I got a link. I'll have to uh, send it out to people on right. it. Easy, easy thing. Visit uh, No Nonsense Nutrition on Instagram, link in bio, takes you to the website, or you could just, if you want to save that, go to a browser and type in nncoaching.com and there'll be a photo shoot tab on there you can click on. Are we done? Exactly. Week group program coming soon. Oh, yes. We've got a um, free giveaway soon for anyone that wants to... Um, Give us their data for a free. Well, I'm too I'm too transparent and ethical. <laughs> Give us their data for a free training plan. Um, In all fairness, all you receive is emails. They're good, so it's yeah. not like we're gonna give your data to some Indian. Oh yes, yes. We're not selling your data on. You're giving it to us, and we will just send you good emails. Which actually, Johnny, you won't have seen this because obviously you're never on Instagram. I um I did a little snippet of your daily email today and put it on the Instagram story to get someone to say have a look and read it and if you want more sign Ooh, up. Thank you. So um yes they're very good. Yeah. Anything else, boys? I think that's all. I think that's it. That's it, hide boys. Well, I guess then I'll let it go off and watch Love Island because I can see he's desperate for it, isn't he? <laughs> oh, are we all? No. I'll take it back. Do you know what? I've slated Love Island for weeks and weeks and weeks, haven't I? And then I've actually seen two episodes this week. And don't get me wrong, I could easily not watch it today or tomorrow because I'm not that bothered by it. However, I probably am now going to go watch it just because I'm interested to see what happens. Boof, there we go. See what I told you. But it's still fucking mind rot. Yeah, absolutely. And like it's taken over my life. And next year, I hear that they're going to do two seasons in one year, so I may what? as well just quit the band now. How does that um, work? They're doing a ski season or something, apparently. Same same shit, but in a snow chalet. Yeah, it's um, different. Rather than a sunny resort, I suppose there'll be hot tubs and alcohol and plenty yeah. of ongoing action. There won't be bikinis and shorts all day, every day. Uh, maybe there will be. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so I may as well quit the band now because life's taken over basically isn't it so, you've, you've said that phrase twice now and both times we ignored it well I was hoping I'd get a laugh at some point well, always the first tumbleweed shall we go yeah let's go right, bye bye right. Right. let me ask thing later thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast we'll speak to you all next week <laughs>